0: Today we will begin with a new chapter, that is chapter 24, Sri Narsimha Saraswati's Vishwarupadarshanam. This chapter describes Gurunath vouchsafing Vishwarupadarshan to Trivikrama Bharati. Trivikrama Bharati is taken to the very threshold of Jnana and he is able to gain a glimpse of the all pervading divinity one sees the self in all and all in the self in the state of jnana. how profound and beautiful oh my god let us enjoy what is this vishwarupa darshan all about remember- this episode is brought to you by krishna Knows. Very good morning. Jai shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. Wishing you all a very happy Friday. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Om Shri Ganeshaya Namahom Om Shri Namahom Shi Om Shri Guru Tatate Namahom Om Shri Mahalakshme Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasma Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Charitra Parayan You remember Lord Shri Krishna also tells Arjuna when he gives him the Darshan of Virata Swaru which is he says Arjuna You will see the self, that is me, in you first and this entire creation then in me. So here also he is saying, one sees the self in all and all in the self too. So it is very important to see God in everybody and this is a very difficult state to attain. And when is this possible? In the state of jnana. So let us continue what the narration is all about. Siddhamuni continued his narrative of the leelas of Guru Nanak, which an enraptured Namdarak was listening to. You know when you listen to the lo- uh, to the stories and the glories and leelas of the divine Lord Almighty and the great masters, you will be enraptured with it. You know your just heart will melt, you will actually experience that form right in front of you when they narrate to you this. The truth is experienced by you also if you are completely devoted and lost in that. One such was my experience very recently with a divine being called Devi Amma. I will narrate to you this once we go ahead with the story. At Kumasi village which was not far away sorry, yeah, which was not far away from Gangapur, there lived an ascetic named Trivikrama Bharati. He was well versed in all the scriptures and was an upasaka of Lord Sri Narsimha, the fourth among the ten avatars of Lord Sri Vishnu. He was doing severe austerities to win the grace of the Lord. Trivikrama Bharati, head of Sri Narsimha Saraswati, and how all were flocking to him for his darshan. He heard also that the king himself walked barefoot along with all his royal retinue, attending upon Sri narsimha Saraswati, while the latter was being born in a royal palanquin in all pompous splendour and to the accompaniment of music and plays of drums, buggles, etc. It was said to be an everyday regal procession for Narsimha Saraswati as he proceeded every morning to Sangam for his bath and while he returned to the mutt at Gangapur from Sangam. After his worship that is anusthana, was over, Trivikrama Bharati did not feel it proper at all for an ascetic to be living in such a pomp. Ah. <laughs> Here comes a very interesting aspect. See, one must understand that even though these great divine beings can live in the most, you know, uh, a, a kingly kind of a life, or in the most palatial bungalow, or in a very fancy location, or having the most fanciest of stuff around them. Let me tell you this one thing. Please remember nothing touches them. They are not involved in enjoying any of the sense pleasures, whether it is a place where they reside, that is their abode, whether they are, you know, associated with the the rich people or the king himself, nothing is going to touch them. The king can offer the most, uh, you know, uh, he can literally uh, keep at the feet of the guru the entire kingdom and give him all the glory, grandeur and all the wealth at his, Feet, They will not even touch that let me tell you. Yes, the reason they stay there is there is a divine purpose. They are not just living there because they want to enjoy certain uh, privileges. I'm sorry the God, the, the great ascetic or these gurus are the God almighty. They are a para themselves, they own this entire universe, please remember there is no mind. They are beyond the mind, body, senses, the three gunas, they are transcended everything, they are beyond the maya, maya is adeem to them. You think any of this wealth and all this pompous life will touch them? No, they are only pleasing their devotees, you know, ichcha, ichcha means they are fulfilling the devotees' love. The love and devotion, it is the king's devotion which Narsima Saraswati is accepting it graciously. He He is just doing a favor to the king and to the people in that place, you know, in that village, in that city, wherever he is situated. You need to understand this. He is bestowing the grace upon everybody. He is accepting everything from the king because the king is a righteous king. And when he accepts that, please remember that entire goodness spreads to that entire region, to this entire people. So the king is also very grateful for his own you know position and he's also walking the path of spiritual you need to understand this truth so it is not about the pompous life they live or they are living in some fancy location please don't judge a guru where he lives how he lives it's none of your business they can live in the utter poverty to, to even they can live in the you know uh, they can live as the most uh, in a princely manner nothing touches them. This is what you need to understand. They will be eating the food as though they are enjoying and relishing it. At the end of the day, please remember, no food is relished by them. And this is very beautifully explained in a story by uh, Lord Sri Krishna and Radha Rani and the Gopis and Durvasa Ma, uh, Maharishi Muni. So let me explain, um, let me narrate to you this very beautiful story. So once it so happens that Durvasa Maharishi Muni is, you know, is there on the other side of the bank um, of Yamuna river and uh, he wanted to eat food. So all Radharani and everybody they wanted to offer food you know to Durvasa Maharishi Muni and seek his blessings so that they can attain Lord Shri Krishna and you know something to that effect. I don't know exactly Sorry, the details and the nitty gritties of it, but let me give you the gist of the story. So, Radharani and the gopis, you know, cook for Durvasa Maharishi Muni and they are carrying the food, uh, food to him. They want to offer the food to him. And while they were going, they come across Lord Shri Krishna, who is very happily lost, you know, in playing his flute and he's literally lost in himself, you know, intoxicated in his own state. And at that time, Radha Rani tells him, you know, I heard that you were going and enjoying with Chandravali last night and you were, you were, you know, you are having fun with her. So, Lord Shri Krishna says, I did not. And you know, Radha Rani was aghast. She said, all the gopis did see and how can you lie like this? You are a cheater. You know, Radha Rani tells him that. And then Lord Shri Krishna says, okay. And then he asks them, where are you going and what are you all carrying with you? So Radha Rani and the Gopis say, oh, we are going to feed uh, Durva Samhari Shimuni. He wanted to have meal. So we are offering him, you know, the lunch, the way we have cooked for him and we are carrying it for him. But we need to cross this river. So he says, okay, if you think, if you think that I lied, then this Yamuna river will not pave way for you. But if I have not lied, she will, you know, part, she will pay the way for you to cross over. The moment Lord Shri Krishna said this, and he said, go ask Yamuna River. you know, ask her, has she, Lord Shri Krishna, you know, gone and enjoyed with anybody. And then if she doesn't part, that means I am lying. But if she parts, you know, she opens a way for you to cross over, I am not lying the moment Shradha Rani did this you know she went and asked yamuna nadi and the moment the words were uttered the yamuna nadi parted the way and she was like how is this possible he i know very much you know i he was with chandravali how is he he's and what is this yamuna nadi river she's telling that lord shri krishna has not lied okay so then okay so they cross over and after that they meet durvasa maharishi muni they offer him the food. He has, you know, he you know he has his uh, heart content. He eats the meal. He accepts. He blesses them, and he looks at all the beautiful gopis and Radharani, who is just so gorgeous. She's so beautiful, and he looks at them, you know. And Radharani feels, oh my God, he's looking at me in a weird manner, you know, durvasamatriuni, and and it was very weird. And then he says, okay, thank you, and now I've not. Uh, so he says, "Have are you satisfied? Have you eaten the food?" So she's like, "Yeah, I mean, yes, I've eaten." Um, and then he's not too. He's saying, "Okay, I'm. I've. Where have I eaten anything? Sort of." And then she gets a sob. I thought you just ate the food. You were very happy. And she says, "Yeah, I've not eaten. I'm. I've just." You know, the way, see when they say they have not eaten or when they say they have not performed certain actions, you need to know that they are the para Brahman. The divine is not connected with the body. See, the, 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 the essence, the truth about the story is this, that the body is just performing its actions, its karma. But they are not considering them themselves to be the body so durvasa maharishi muni says if you think i have eaten the yamuna nadi will not open the way for you to cross over but if i have if i have eaten sorry if you if you think that i have eaten the yamuna nadi will not open the river and if you if i sorry <laughs> i'm mixing the other way i apologize so what durvasa maharishi muni is saying is same similar to what krishna said go ask the yamuna nadi river if i have eaten then Emuna Nadi will not open way, but if I have not eaten, she will open the way for you. So the same thing repeated again. And then immediately the Emuna Nadi river opens up. And they were all wondering, what is happening? because he just ate the food, even he, he was looking at me weirdly. All that is happening, and yet he's saying he has not eaten. So that was a little shocking for Radha, Rani and Gopis and then then they cross over the other side and then when they meet Krishna again, they they say you and him all or you know, it's not, it doesn't call any name. She's saying, I don't know what's happening, you people are all manipulating and I don't know what's happening with this Yamuna, how is she supporting you people, it is very sweet. See, the the, the the essence of what is narrated in the story is Lord Shri Krishna is not connected with anything. He is not eating. The body is just performing an action. He is just a witness. He is that Sachida the truth, knowledge and bliss. That is who he is. He is that witness. He is not connected with anything. He doesn't have a mind. So he is not enjoying. He is just performing an action. The body is performing in the action. So, where is the unmanifest or the para Brahman is connected? So, the para Brahma is not eating. The body is eating. So, this is what was communicated. So, similarly, here when the Guru Nath. See, when people look at how whether my Krishna Guruji or certain people live in a certain way, they always have made judgments. Oh, look at him staying in such a palatial bungalow. Oh, look at him. I know uh, what kind of a guru he is. They make judgments. This is wrong. You don't understand the truth about who they are. You don't understand how they live. My Krishna Guruji doesn't covet a single penny with him. There is no property in his name. There is no bank balance. He lives you know, just the way he, he just goes with the flow. Today he has this place. Tomorrow he might not have this place. Tomorrow he might be going anywhere. His life is dynamic. They are not bothered with what comes. You know, whether they have a small house, whether they have a big house, it doesn't matter. What is what comes to them naturally? They just accept it because that is required at that moment in time. Similarly, narsimha Saraswati, at that moment in time, he accepted. You know, the offer made by the king you think the king is doing that offer no they you know they they have programmed it to happen it like that because there is a divine purpose behind it it is not the way you look at it sometimes people come and make judgments you need to understand where sri narsimha saraswati was living that abode that is the ashram where my Krishna Guruji lives, that is the ashram. It is where the Guruji resides, that becomes the ashram. And people have to weird ideas about telling, Oh, let us go start in one room, something. What do you mean like that? Please remember, you don't even understand what it means about an ashram. Similarly here, you think that somebody is giving it to them? No, on the contrary, they themselves bestow all this. They make this universe work accordingly. You and I are only the puppet in the hands of the Divine Lord. So nobody has the right to make judgments about the Guru or anything. You want to have your bhakti, you keep it to yourself or you, you express it in whatever capacity, don't come and try and give your ideas, it is not required. The divine will has already programmed, everything is predefined, each one of us fit that jigsaw puzzle in that entire canvas, you need to understand, we are just the building blocks. We have, we are there for a purpose, we serve our purpose. So just stick to that and don't use your mind. The moment you use your mind, you're judging the master. One of the most important lessons that is being taught is do not judge the merits of or the demerits of a guru because we don't know his ways. I'm telling you, even yesterday actually, in fact, it was so interesting. Just yesterday I was narrating to you how Even for the nth time, my Guruji will test and I will fall for him. I will not even understand that he's testing me. It just happens because you know why? He's talking to the mind and he exactly did the same thing last evening. And I fell for it. The... the... Most important thing that which a Guru, the great master does is, he's trying to test you to see have you evolved, how much of that knowledge has been embedded within you, are you able to overcome, are you able to control the mind, the Guru is constantly testing you because he wants perfection from you, he writes certain things, he uses the people, tools, everything that is available around you so that he can, he can make you progress and the people along with you also to progress. So the most important is, I was in theory because you know what the most important thing for any of us to understand is the guru always cares about ourselves. he has always the good will you know he only wants your progress and he sees to that you evolve you don't fall down he's a very Passionate mother, the greatness of a guru is never understood by petty human beings like us because we use our minds to judge him. And so, please don't do that. It is not required because he's he's the most beautiful divine being. His greatness is indescribable. And yesterday also. The king was telling, you know, even those who try to define him cannot define. Such a being has manifested. The king understands who Narsimha Saraswati is. And the other people around try to judge him. Yes, like my Krishna Guruji says, you know, when somebody behaves in a certain way with my Guruji, yes, I do not like it because they treat him very ordinary. They can behave however they want. No, I don't accept it because I know who he is. He's the God Almighty. So we need to respect him to the utmost of that highest order. What makes us think that we can just sit and have some casual conversation? No, he's not some casual human being that you can just talk whatever comes to your mind. And this is something everybody needs to understand. And yes, we have, he, the Guru has, you know, his ways to teach everybody. We can never understand. It is It sometimes is so difficult to even fathom. He is incomprehensible, inscrutable, unfathomable. So what are we trying to describe? We are trying to judge a guru? No, we are not. We should not. Please remember, he has already predefined everything. He is beautifully programmed. The whole, you know, the part has already been laid out. Everything is defined how it has to happen, when it has to happen but the only thing which gets delayed or pushed is because when the human mind comes into play then everything goes for a toss. but please understand the guru is compassion, he, he's a compassionate being and he's always having the patience because time is him only. Time is his own essence. Kaal is God alone, Lord Sri Krishna says. So there is nobody else beyond him who can control the time, who can who can, you know, make the time just stand still. For this human body, the time is ticking always. But for the divine being, there is nothing called time. The moment you cross over to the other side, time doesn't even exist for them. So this is a very complex subject which you and I cannot even describe, comprehend in words. So let us not judge the Guru. The whole aspect for me to give this story and to tell you not to do is never to judge the Guru. Don't go by how he is, where he is, what he is doing and how he is talking. Do not judge him because you don't know the Almighty Lord. He, that is the Maya that he creates for people's mind. Remember, it is only to those who on whom he bestows his grace, only they can see through the divine being, not everybody else. Till you don't have faith in him, he's never going to give his grace on you. Know that. So coming back. So he's saying, he thought that all this was certainly not befitting a true and genuine sannyasi, And Narsima Saraswati must have beguiled the king through hypnotism or by some other dubious means, he began speaking derogatorily about Gurunath. Can you just imagine someone speaking so bad about a Gurunath despite him being an ascetic himself? How can you do that? You are not allowed to speak like that. That is the greatest of the karma you will commit and sin that you are going to earn. But see, in this Narsima Saraswati, despite all that, he still is very benevolent. He forgives them. He forgives the misdemeanors of every being. He gives n number of chances. But know that beyond a point, his universe, his maya is not going to keep quiet. And then you are going to be given two tight slaps by his universe. His mother nature is never going to take it. She will not tolerate anything against this divine being. So please, you cannot go against the guru. So when you are in one with the guru and when you work with him, this universe will be one with you. Otherwise, the universe, you are against the universe and the universe is going to be against you. So don't challenge his maya, don't challenge, not the maya, don't challenge his prakriti. That is something you can't challenge and then what happens? You will be put into that maya. You're always going to be in delusion and that delusion is very strong and it's very dangerous. So don't get into that. Whatever be the happenings anywhere, whichever be the thoughts passing in anybody's mind, however far away the person be, nothing ever escapes the notice of the omniscient and omnipresent Guru na Can you imagine this? You know, you think that, you know, you are thinking in your mind. You think the Guru doesn't understand because they are the universal mind. They know what is going on in everybody's mind. See, that is when my Guruji, when he talks, he's talking to the individual's mind. He's not talking to the divinity in them. And sometimes when the Guru is teaching, when I said he's teaching the spiritual knowledge, he's talking to your divinity inside you, the divinity within you. He's not talking to that mind of yours that is the truth so what did i say what does the guru do he removes the spiritual sorry the material imperfections and he perfects your spiritual knowledge this is who the master is so what makes you think he doesn't know what is going on in your mind he's all knowing he's all pervading Nath. okay how can anything escape his notice when he indeed is the inner resident Antar, antaranyam sorry antaryami in the hearts of all beings which means he's the one who's in living in ev- in everybody's hearts antaryami all and in the hearts of all beings and the witness of all happenings he's witnessing everything that is going on so you think he doesn't understand what is going on in your mind of course he knows and that is why he talks certain things i have to tell you something very strange that happened two weeks ago i was going to meet someone and at that time my guruji was very clear and he instructed me do not say anything don't say some things in detail just give a very high level gist of what is that you you know you want to do beyond that don't reveal the entire plan and then he said be very careful what you speak and what you're writing don't don't reveal too much you wouldn't believe when i went for the particular meeting this person wrote down everything that I was saying to him and I was like oh my god look at that because my Guruji knew what was going to happen so he knows everybody's mind because he's a universal being you think he doesn't understand he knows he can foresee so this is what we think we oh the Guruji you don't know you know many a time even I have done this you don't know what you know it's not the way you think it is But on the contrary, he is the master of this universe. He is the one who has created this universe. He is the one who knows everything, both in the material, spiritual, rather all worlds. So what makes me think my Guruji doesn't know? Does he not know his own creation? Of course he knows how every person, every being in this world will function. The the mind that they have, he knows everything. But he is not going to go and waste his time... uh, trying to know what is in somebody else's mind. But when things have to be known or when he has to warn me because something is going to happen, that is when he warns everybody. He just gives a caution. He says, be careful, don't do this because then there is a pitfall there. There is an obstacle there. If you go ahead and not listen to him and do, then you're going to go into the gutters. Then nothing can stop. The destiny will take over. So this was amazing. And at that time, I followed very strictly what my guruji had said except for two three things I did not discuss anything in detail though this person tried to probe me a lot but I did not reveal it so and then I I was more listening to him trying to understand what is he trying to say and then I realized he was not even interested in in any conversation he was just trying to seek information and then I said okay fine good thanks at least I know so I recognize how people are in this world so these are all experiences but everything is a learning it's about how you look at it but the Gurus are ever compassionate. They are protecting you. They are protecting you from these evil doers in the material world. There are evil people like, like Ramakrishna Parabhavan Ji has said. Look, the snake is very beautiful. You don't have to go pet it. Its nature is to bite you. So why do you have to go and, you know, provoke it? You don't have to. You just admire it from far away. So while you understand, there are certain peoples in this world you need to just stay away. You don't have to go and provoke them or you don't have to go do anything. You understand there is a danger just stay away from that. There is no need to go and provoke. So in this universe everything is perfect in its place. It's how we are the ones this human being we are the ones who are imperfect. So what is the guru teaching to you? He is giving you, he is making your knowledge, he is removing the imperfections of the material world. So he is giving you the truth about how to live in this material world and he is perfecting you, your spiritual knowledge. How profound is that? I just cannot get over or fathom the how these divine beings work. So let us continue. He pitied Trivikrama Bharati for the wrong and erroneous notions he was holding and wanted to correct him and teach him the truth. See, sometimes the gurus are very kind. See genuinely they will not be interested to correct anybody because they don't care about what other people think about them because they know who they are. Do you think they are going here to go and prove something to people? Oh, I am Lord Shri Krishna. I am Lord, I am the avatar of Lord Dattatreya. Do you think Asim Saraswati is going to go tell like that? Of course he doesn't care. He doesn't even want to reveal himself that is the truth but in certain occasions they if they choose they might see the reason is never known in this case also Narsimha Saraswati is is trying to not trying to he wants to clear the doubts in Trivikrama's mind so he wants to teach him a lesson now let us see what is that he is going to do he was himself like the lotus which touched sorry which Though resting in water, yet remains unwetted by it. Absolutely. What do we refer Lord Shri Krishna has? He lives a life like the lotus leaf, which is untouched by the water. And he shines, you know, beautifully like the lotus flowers, you know, very prominent. Even though there is all the muck it grows in, it's not touched by the material worldly existence. It is aloof and it's always shining in its grandeur, glory, greatness, you name it. That is who Lord Shri Krishna is. So what makes you think that just by your thoughts he is going to be contaminated? Of course not. On the contrary here, Narsimha Saraswati is doing a great, um, you know, he is doing a great favour to Trivikrama Bharati by now giving, wanting to teach him that lesson and removing that dubious doubts in his mind. The worldly paraphernalia etc. around him had least attraction for him of course you know what whether you give him the gold or you know the muck both are equal to him it doesn't even matter he doesn't even care about it. What uses that wealth for somebody who owns this entire universe? Somebody who is the Parabrahma himself. He is the God Almighty and he is the one who has created this universe. You think he cares about you plucking a few flowers from his own garden and offering to him? Of course not. Well, who do you think you are to offer to him? You are a nobody. He was himself, okay. The worldly paraphernalia etc. around him had least attraction for him. He just left his devotees to have their way. Just for their joy, pleasure and satisfaction. Didn't I say this? Similarly, even Sai Baba. What did Baba do? Baba just, you know, allowed their devotees' love. People would bring the gold crown and, you know, keep it, you know, just place it on Baba's head. You think Baba really liked it? It was so heavy and you think he wanted any of those? Of course not. He just fulfilled the devotees. What is he doing? He just let his devotees to have their way. Likewise, like my Krishna Guruji, he's not interested to stay in this home or anything. He's only fulfilling some of his devotees' desire to serve him in that way. You think it matters for him? No, he'll just walk out. There's nothing for him to hold. There's nothing for. There is nothing in this world that can hold him back. He, if he chooses right at this moment, he just can walk out like that from this world. Nobody is going to even, you know, search him because there's nothing in his name. He's not having a property, wife, husband, brother, sister. There's nothing. Nothing in this universe is his. Yet everybody belongs to him alone. They are part of the Vasudev Kutumbam. But in the legal capacity, nobody can say you're mine or you're this, you're that. Nothing. There is nothing in this whole you know, universe that can ever bind him. Please remember, he can just walk away like this because that's not what he's coveting. He is the Para Lord Himself, exactly Lord Shri Krishna. What do you think you are then? Who are we to judge Him, the great being? He is not enjoying anything. You need to understand. See, when we say I like or I don't like, we are using our mind and our mind is the one who says I like this taste, I don't like this taste, I like this garment, I don't like this color, all that. But a guru, the para-Brahman has no likes and dislikes. You know, he is only in a blissful state at all times. He just eats because his body has to be sustained. That is all it is. There is no likes and dislikes in his world. But we offer everything that which he is known for. Lord Shri Krishna is, you know, there's a very beautiful you know, story about him. I'm sure everybody has heard that Lord Shri Krishna loves butter. He loves milk, you know, all those things milk products but everybody offers that which he likes but you think he's liking enjoying that though he's the highest rasika yet nothing touches him this is something it's very difficult to explain in words till the time you yourself don't understand or experience the truth Um, just to tell you see i might like something not like actually the like is a wrong word You know, you might love something the most when if you have a mind, your mind is going to enjoy that object. But when you are in the state of the blissfulness, when you are in the divine state, when you are the divine being, there is no enjoyment. There is not a like nor a dislike. You just accept it because it is there at that moment in time. There is nothing to enjoy that. Um, that is what I'm trying to explain but obviously my words cannot adequately describe what I'm trying to explain I'm sorry about that because till you don't experience this truth yourself it cannot be experienced um, it cannot be explained through any words that is who they are they are in that blissful state nothing touches them because they are parabrahman. So, he just lets his devotee have their way just for their joy, pleasure and satisfaction. In his true nature, he is the supreme renunciate, Lord Shiva himself. He wanted to reveal his true nature, Svasvarupa, to Tibitrama Bharati. He wanted to reveal this true nature to him. Who is he? He is Lord Shiva himself, the highest renunciate. Lord Shri Krishna says, you know, um, sorry, rather... Ram Krishna Paramamsaji says the word Gita means if you uh, read it in the reverse order, it means Tyaga. Tyagi. What does it mean? Renunciation you have to renunciate, that is who they are, the highest of the renunciate renunciate that exists on this planet earth. Yet when you look at them, they look, oh god, how does they appear so ordinary? But that is what is the delusion, the maya that they create for you, for the material worldly people. Gurunath set out in palanquin with the usual pomp and paraphernalia towards Kumasi village. The king arranged for his cavalry, Um, caprescent, elephants, horses, etc. to head the procession. It looked as if an emperor was going on his Digvijaya yatra why not? Of course, the Guru deserves everything. You know, it's very it's just a small thing. You know, have you seen um, in, in the temples, the Utsav is taken into procession. Why do they do that? Because they want to say how great you are God, how beautiful you are. You are that, you know, the Lord of this universe. You are the king of this universe. It is just an expression of the love of the people, of their master, of that king, the king of this universe, you know, the one who creates this entire universe. It It's a a way to honor him and what is wrong in that? So likewise, the king also was just expressing his love by doing all these things, whatever that he has. Isn't that the most beautiful way to use whatever your wealth, your kingly position, everything in the service of your master and to make him give that and give him that honor? Isn't that the greatest glory a king can ever have? Of course, yes. Then, Timikrama Bharati, that that morning also as usual began Manasika Puja to his Ishtadevata, Lord Sri Narsimha. But strangely, despite his best efforts, he was unable to concentrate on his Lord's form. Who are you trying to play with? Are you trying to play with the Lord himself? You know, you don't understand the power of his Maya. And you know what his Maya can do? It can make your mind go havoc. And that is the truth. Please remember in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Shri Krishna has said, I am, you know, he's in the highest of the aindriyas I am the mind. Doesn't mean he's the mind. It's a way to say, every. he's the highest of this everything. So you think he cannot manipulate the mind, he can make, you know, make the mind create havoc in your world. And then you wouldn't know what hit you. This is the truth. You need to understand. So don't mess up with the great beings. He was an adept yogi and every day his mind used to get instantly fixed on the Lord's form in the chamber of his heart. No sooner than he seated himself for the meditation. It is not so easy to, you know, get over that. When the Maya strikes, then you can't, you don't understand the power of the Divine Lord Almighty or the Gurus. Who are you trying to judge and question? You cannot do that. So the mind can create so much more havoc. But you know what? Chant Hari bol. Chant his name ceaselessly. Magic will happen. You will be able to control the mind and overcome it. Because Lord Hari himself is the master of this mind as well. He's a universal mind. Mind is none other than him alone. Again, him means not directly him. Don't take my words in in the literal sense. That means he's the highest of everything. Who else can control the mind? There is no mind in reality. Mind is a very unreal creature. Can you ever control mind? Do you have you, Can you ever hold the mind? Do you know where mind is? The question is this. You have to ask, where is my mind? Can you catch it? Try catching it. It's an invisible creature. It's it's like it's there somewhere, but it's not there somewhere. And we say, oh God, there's so much going on in our mind. But where is this mind of yours? There is actually no mind. You know, mind itself is an unreal thing. The moment you believe that your mind is there, then the mind comes into existence. And by the way, the mind is head to toe. Your entire body has the mind. The mind is all over your body, right? From your head to toe. And this is what you have to go experience it. You have to go, you know, cogitate, try to understand who, what is this mind? The mind is aware. That's why we say mind is just a tool to gain knowledge to reach the divine. The mind itself has no value after that. Then you chuck the mind, you chuck the knowledge, you chuck everything. And the only thing is you go with him with absolute love and devotion and complete surrender. There's no knowledge. You have to chuck everything and then go with him. Only with the word called bhakti devotion is the only thing to have god realization and especially of lord shri krishna there is nothing else required in this life to be fulfilled to live a god-pleasing life you just need to be lost in him that is all is required Yogi and every day his mind used to get instantly fixed on the Lord's form in the chamber of his heart. No sooner than he seated himself for the meditation he was feeling worried as to what what was happening to him that day and why all his long number of years of practice of yoga was failing him suddenly. He prayed to Lord Narsimha to forgive him for any lapse he had committed, knowingly or unknowingly. As he started his prayers thus low in his heart, he began seeing the form of Sri Narsimha Saraswati in place of his Lord (laughs) Narsimha. You think Lord Narsimha is somebody else? Lord, he is... Narsimha Saraswati is the manifestation of any divine being that exists. Because in your guru, you can see all the gods. This is what you need to understand. Your guru is none other than Sri Hari Himself. So, what makes you think that you can try to, you know, mess with the guru, with any, you know, real master? You cannot do that. You cannot judge them. Don't ever try doing any such thing. Then. He began seeing the form of Srinarsimha Saraswati in place of his lord Narsimha, who was shining in the same splendour as the latter. The vision and experience was vivid and remained persisting however much he tried to draw away his mind from it. Just at this juncture, Srinarsimha Saraswati's procession reached near his place. Lo, what a unique wonder. It appeared before Tivikrama Bharati that every one of the retinue, without exception, was shining in divine splendor. The vision was spreading even beyond the horizon. Lo, whatever he glanced, it was all myriad forms of Sri Narsimha Saraswati alone. Vikrama was overwhelmed with wonder. He fell prostrate on the ground and started praying to Narasimha Saraswati to forgive him for all his impertinent and ignorant prattle before him. Not knowing that he, Sri Narasimha Saraswati, was none but the Supreme Lord who had come to earth. Imagine this. Can you imagine such a great the Vishwarupa Darshan? How oh my God. He showed that Narsimha Saraswati its entire retinue and everybody were the divine master alone. There is none other than him, that is the greatness. But there must be some merit that Trivikramabharati had earned because of which Narsimha Saraswati bestowed him this Darshan office. He prayed to be accepted as his disciple and be blessed. As he prayed thus, Narsimha Saraswati withdrew the Vishwarupa vision, and Tivikramabharati could now see things in the normal way. He ran to the palanquin and fell prostrate at the feet of the Gurunath, pouring out his newborn devotion to him in adulation. You are my Lord Narsimha. You are you are Tivikrama and Vamana. You are Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara. You are all. Forgive me for my ignorance and ego and light up the flame of wisdom in me, he prayed. Absolutely. See, it is one thing, yes, when our mind comes due to ignorance, we might say certain things. But the most important is when you Understand, when you get that realization, you have to seek pardon from the Gurudev. You have to say sorry to him. You have to seek, you know, from a heartfelt, that that from within your heart, you have to say sorry to him. You have to seek his forgiveness. Only then will that forgiveness, you know, be accepted genuinely. That repentance has to be there in your heart. You know, there is a problem in this world. Even when, when people commit mistakes, you know, they don't have the goodness to say sorry. And I've seen many a time, their ego is so strong that they think that they are some great, uh, some great God Almighty who doesn't even want to budge or bow down. They don't even have the courtesy to say sorry, which is wrong. Please remember, the same universe will make you say that sorry a million times. Why do you want to get to that? You're going to learn it in the hard way. Learn to be sorry about what you have done. It is extremely important. You need to be gracious. And you know what my Krishna Guruji has taught always? It is even if somebody else is, you know, you are are right and somebody else is still doing wrong. It's okay. You go say sorry. And you're not going to become small. On the contrary, in my eyes you become great. This is what my Guruji's teaching is. He has never taught us to be arrogant beings or egoistic. On the contrary, he always teaches how to be humble, how to have humility and how to be our good self. And what happens? Many a time we represent him in a bad way. If we behave badly, where are we then becoming divine? You know what? Then the world is not going to point out to me. It's very unfortunate. It is. They'll look at my guruji and say, "Is this who your guru is? Is this what he has taught you?" And they will judge my guru. Actually, my guruji is not bad. My Guruji is the God Almighty. He's not taught us anything bad. On the contrary, it all the onus is with us. The responsibility to live the teachings of the Guru is with each of his disciple and devotee. If we behave in a bad way, it is directly representing him. The world is going to say bad things about him, not you. So be very careful how you behave. And this is to those who have the gurus. And if you call somebody your guru, learn to give him that utmost and the highest of the respects. And treat him absolutely like God. He is God Almighty. So give him that respect what you will give when you go to a temple, when you are going to worship a stone where God doesn't exist there. So this is the truth. When God Himself is in presence of you, who are you going to worship in some temple? This entire uni- the pilgrimage that you think, you know, there is Kashi, Vrindavan, everything. You name the kind of uh, Shakti peets, whatever the holy places in this entire universe, rests at the lotus feet of your Gurudev. So, who do you think you are praying to? When you pray your Guru, you are praying the entire pantheon of the gods in this universe and when the Guru is pleased, all the gods are pleased and if the Guru is angry, even the gods cannot save you but the gods are angry, the Guru can save you and do not forget the truth about who this great master is. This is the nature of the Guru. That is why we say Guru Charitra. Every day, there is two lessons which we are learning. One is what is the nature of a guru and who is this guru and how to recognize the real master and the second most important lesson we are learning how to be the best disciple of that great master how you cannot misbehave you cannot have show this kind of misdemeanors what to do and what not to do is being taught how to be a very good and the highest of the disciple in a guru's life that is extremely important This is not a joke. Being on the path of spiritual is not a fun. It's not some time pass or somebody, you know, who has said, oh material world, I'm going through misery. It's an escapism from material world. Please even stop thinking that. And that is why spirituality is not for everyone. That is why the real masters do not initiate more than a few handful of them and if you have got that initiation you need to rever it to your highest ability because you know what you can easily lose that opportunity but given to your sense pleasures lust greed mind ego arrogance and you name it and most important anger anger is the doorway to hell another including other shadripus, which i already described lust, greed desires and you name it everything will pull you down and don't go into that gutters so give your Gurudev that highest of the respect, which is very important. When you go to the temple, how do you go and bow? You go beg, you go bow, you do everything, no? You think there is some God there in that statue. Please, there is no God in that statue. It is in the Guru which where the God exists. He is the Parabrahman. You think, why do you think the Gurus go to all these places? Because they want to sanctify that holy place and re-establish the divinity in that place. Because God doesn't want to stay in this, you know, Kali Yuga where there's so much of adhar. All people come is to go and beg, 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 beg and beg endlessly. It's not only the right things, they'll ask offer all the wrong things as well. They'll say, God, I want this person to be destroyed because this person was against me. You think, he's granting you, he's not even saying anything, he's not even there. But his Hashta Siddhis are there around him, saying kataastu for everything. And then what, you're going to go into more gutters. This is what we do. Don't go and ask for such petty things. Please ask for the grace where you can redeem yourself. That is all you have to ask or just ask at least to just have love and devotion to the divine, to have the bhakti in your life. That is what is very important and that is why we say live God-pleasing life or live God-fearing life so that you only walk the righteous path and you don't commit any errors in this world. Because it is very easy to fall down, remember, but it is very difficult to rise high. And there is another challenge also. As you are evolving higher, the test and the, the path, the climb gets tougher and tougher. And if you make even one small mistake at that top, you will come right down. And the fall is very hard. And the fall is from, you know, from where the top to ground zero is, is painful. And after that, to get to that level, you need 100 times more that effort than what you had already put. So why rue that effort that you have already put for so many years? Don't ruin that effort. Go ahead. Keep going ahead. Just surrender unto the lotus feet of the Divine Guru and the God. Magic shall happen. So, he fell prostrate on the ground and started praying to Narasimha Saraswati to forgive him for all his impertinent and ignorant prattle before, not knowing that he, Srinath Simha Saraswati, was none but the Supreme Lord who had come on this earth. He prayed to be accepted as his disciple and be blessed. As he prayed thus, Srinarsimha Saraswati, withdrew the Vishwarupa, the Vishen, and Trivikrama Bharti could now see things in the normal way. He ran to the palanquin and fell prostrate at the feet of the Gurunath, pouring out his newborn devotion to him in adulation. You are my Lord Narsimha, you are Trivikrama and Vamana. You are Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwaraha. You are all. Forgive me for my ignorance and ego and light up the flame of wisdom in me. He prayed. That is the greatness of Trivikrama. When he understands the truth, he seeks pardon from Gurudev. That is what you and you all of us have to do. Don't have ego ever. When you say sorry, you don't become small. On the contrary, you will become great in the eyes of the Lord. Learn to say sorry. Learn to respect Respect is another very important thing which you need to give everyone. You know, it's very sad to see how today, the whole world, people are just behaving irrationally. They don't respect others. They think just because by having money power, you can behave any which way you want. Or treating somebody or calling somebody names in certain manner. It's not right. Give everybody their due respect. And respect is very important. And one of the most important things we learn... In the ashram where Krishna Guruji or any of the great masters, they will teach how to be very respectful of everybody, even when the other person is bad. Why do you think these gurus behave in a certain way? What are they doing? They're setting themselves as an example. They are the role model for rest of their disciples to follow. We have to learn some of the greatest of the good virtues these great beings demonstrate. It is very important for us to apply the same lessons in our life. Why do you think they wear themselves out? So that they leave their legacy to be carried forward by their chosen ones. It is so important if you are the chosen one, you have been initiated by your Guru and you have the privilege to get this knowledge from him, please follow his footsteps, live, emulate his good virtues. That is what will make you attain God, nothing else beyond that. So learn to give everybody their due respect. It is who they are. So you cannot misbehave with them or treat them like an ordinary human being. It is very important to be respectful. It is very important to follow good values, culture, you know, our moral values, etiquette. Everything is very important. It shows how good you are. You know, it doesn't and if you don't do that, it shows from which gutter you have come from. Then what is the point in you living with the Guru if you cannot imbibe such goodness? These are the things which the Guru teaches. What makes you think you are some great great person who, who needs to be given that some uh, respect in that way? No. You need to be humble. You need to show your kindness. You have to behave in that way. Respect others' age, others for others who they are. Not behave in a very nasty manner that doesn't behove. So this is what the Gurus teach and in the Ashram we learn how to become the not only just good human beings but divine beings. We imbibe the virtues of the divine God Almighty. Why? Because we are we have the privilege to live with the Guru who is the Parabrahman himself. So we have to become like him, like him in the sense emulate that good virtues. Not say that. Oh, I am God. From tomorrow, I will sit in my Guruji's chair. No, 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 no. Nobody can replace your Guru. Please remember that your Guru is your Guru. There is nobody who can take that place unless and until he appoints his representative and formally says, "Now you have to take on this task." Please remember. But at any which way, even if he appoints somebody, but the Guru is the highest because he cannot be replaced. Everybody has to bow into him. He is that Para Brahman. Don't ever forget this lesson. For those who have the Guru and those who don't even have the Guru, even if you worship Sai Baba, even though he's not in the physical form or you worship Ramakrishna Paramahamsaji or Ramana Maharshi, whoever you, uh, you know, believe is your guru, just have that highest regard for them, worship them, You know, live their teachings. Every guru teaches the same thing, he is not teaching anything different. You need to understand that. The real masters only teach this because they are guru tattva, the essence, they are not the manifest form. Do not go by their body, leave the appearance of human existence. Shri Narasimha Saraswati drew him near and said, Spiritual aspirants should rid themselves of all ego and be free from malice towards others. Oh my God! (laughs) It just feels like a slap like Narasimha Saraswati is giving me too tight. It's it's funny how the great masters teach. This is for all of us at all stages. We should not forget. See, because the ego is a very uh, it's a, it's a very weird one. Huh? You know why? It it raises its ugly head when you least expect it. When you think you don't have an ego, that is when the ego comes. And especially for those spiritual aspirants, when you evolve on the path, you know, go keep going ahead. Your ego will suddenly raise its ugly head and come from nowhere and you know and that time you need to be very careful why because the fall can be very hard so don't ever let your ego come in your way what is he saying he's saying spiritual aspirants should rid themselves of all ego and be free from malice towards others we should not have any malice against anyone in this world i know this is one of a very difficult lesson but yes when you become spiritual when you evolve that malice against whoever you had will slowly go away it will go away. You have to make an effort. You have to think good only about them. So don't think anything bad. Yeah, they might have done whatever they have done to you. Your mind is not going to allow you to overcome that. Just forgive and let go. See, the Divine Lord, will. He knows how to teach everybody the lesson. Lord Sri Krishna's ways is very unique. So don't have to do anything. Don't say bad to anybody. Just let it be. His universe is there to take care. But you be good to them. Even if they have done bad to you, this is the lesson which we have to live as spiritual beings. The ego, you have to destroy the ego, which tells you that person did this to me. This person was bad to me. Those things you have to overcome. And that is that is when you will have... you. That is when you will be able to see God in everybody. And that is the true enlightenment. That is God realization. And that day, when you achieve that state, then you know you have crossed over. But to get to that state is not so easy. So consciously practice. Be your good self. Only love everyone. What is, you know, do you have to give any money to love? Or do you have to love only? Is your love so... You know, is your love so little in your heart? Lord Shri Krishna lives there. He's the Athanga Sagar. He's the master of this love. He is Lord, you know, only He the epitome of love. His love is called Prema. And that Prema, which is Athanga Sagar, Athanga Sagar is limitless. So when you have so much of love in your heart, why are you holding it? Open it out and give that love to this whole world. Let they see Lord Shri Krishna through you. That is who you are. Become that. They should try to see the same Atman or spirit as inherent in all. They should abstain from reviling others. Sarva, jiva, tirakskarma, ishwaram, prati, Gach, If you slander anyone, it is tantamount to slandering god himself oh my god okay see this is again a very important thing what is he saying here He is saying they should try to see the same spirit or atman as inherent in all you have to see god in everybody and he's saying here if you slander anyone it is tantamount of slandering god himself So please let us not speak bad about anybody and this is one thing which my Krishna Guruji time and again teaches us that it's okay, don't speak bad about anyone. We don't have to get into anybody's karma or anybody's bad books. We don't have to because God can come in any form. God can even come in the form of your enemy. Will you be able to recognize him at that time? No, no. So what is it you have to practice? Don't see that person as your enemy but just see that He is God, you know, just see God in him. You don't have to look at what he did, how he did. There is somebody else who has an account keeping, you know, he's keeping, there's a bookkeeping done. He knows how to balance it out. He will do everything equal. He will rectify what what if other people have done some misdemeanor against you. You don't get involved in that karma. There is no need. So, so most important, see God in everybody. Don't slander God, sorry, don't slander others because it is equal to slandering God himself. The same supreme spirit is embodied in all. Try to see the divine in all. Fill your heart with love. This is exactly what I am saying. Not Shri Krishna lives in your heart. So where where is the question of that love being less? The love should ooze from every pore of your being and spread and you know, submerge this entire universe with your love. The love of Lord Shri Krishna. The world should see see the love, you know, Lord Shri Krishna through your love. Become that love. Become that Radhe, you know. Why do they say, why do they take the name of Radha Krishna? They don't say Krishna Radha. They say Radha Krishna. Radhe Krishna is what is said. Why do they say Radhe Krishna? That is because she attained that highest form of prema for Lord Shri Krishna. And who is Radha Rani? Radha Rani is Krishna himself. So attain that love. Spread this world with that love. Spread, let the you know river flow of love from your heart. So the entire universe can understand what it means to have the love of Lord Sri Krishna within you. That is when you will be able to realize Lord Shri Krishna and the world will see Lord Shri Krishna through you, through your love. Become that epitome of love. That is what we spiritual aspirants should attain. We should aspire to become, to become that divine being. God is love. Love is God and God is and love is. That is all it is. And in love, there is nothing like want, desire, attachment. Love is not transactional. In love, it is only giving. It is only unconditional. You don't possess love. You don't own love. Love is and become that God is. Gurunath gave him much more advice and instruction. Trivikrama Bharati became a staunch disciple and devotee of Gurunath hence onwards. With this, we end the chapter and today, you learn a very beautiful lesson of what to do, what not to do become that divine being. For those who have the privilege of listening to these words, profound words of Sri Narasimha Saraswati, who is none other than Lord Shri Krishna, who is Lord Batatare himself. Thus ends the 24th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra, describing the Guru's Darshan to vikrama Bharati. With this chapter ends the Jnana Yoga section of Guru Charitra. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Guru Nath. With this, we end this chapter. See you on Monday. At the same time, thank you for joining. Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. I wishing you all a very happy day. Sorry, happy Friday and happy weekend. Om Shi Mahaganapate Pate Namahom, Shi Gurudev, that Tom, Shi Satidananda Sadguru, Sainath, Maharaj ki, Jaik, Om Namo Bhagavadeva Sudeva, Yer, the Gambara, the Gambara, Om Shi Krishna Guru Nathana, Shi Guruve Namaha, Om Devi, Durga, Namahom, Shi Krishna, Panamamastu, Krishna Mande, Jagat Guru.